All right, welcome back to part two in our three-part series on acquisition principles for digital services. But first, good evening, Agile Acquisition Enthusiasts. Welcome back to the Underground Digital Tiki Bar. It's Friday night, and that means it's time for another episode of Agile Acquisitions and Alcohol. So cheers. Okay. In this episode, we are going to cover the next three principles. Check out the episode before to get one through three. In this episode, the first one that we're gonna talk about is buying design software and build software as a repeatable process. Or as I like to say, buy the repeatable process for the delivery of functional products. So here's what we're talking about, understanding what the actual requirements are. This is a part of agile contracting that was really a stumbling block in the early days because contracting had traditionally been very heavy into understanding what are the outcomes? What is the final delivery? Especially if you get into the firm fixed price type of contracts. Over time, we evolved this concept to be in line with performance-based service acquisitions under FAR 37.6, but we are talking about buying this process, think of it like a factory. Uh, sometimes I like to think of the Shell Silverstein homework machine where you put the homework in one end and it comes out the other end. It's kind of the same idea. We want to identify the overarching objectives and pay for this time box of agile development services. So you have these ceremonies and behaviors and capabilities that go into every aspect all culminating into what we call a definition of done. And that definition of done is the determination of whether or not you have a functional product. It's very important that stakeholders wrap their heads around this concept and don't attempt to hold the vendor accountable for like velocity or the number of story points they're going to complete in each iteration, because that's very hard to predict. And it actually drives some disincentives when you're always working towards a specific number. Instead, what are you getting? Think of quality versus quantity. But number five in the overarching list, determine how much you're going to invest. One of the tricky parts of agile development contracts is trying to estimate, well, what does it cost? Because the repeatable process doesn't necessarily have an end because technology continues to evolve. It's not this traditional production and then sustainment model that we're used to it's really hard for government estimators to determine what should that independent government cost estimate be and how do you know where the right price is? So I like to borrow a model that's used in the UK that came out of GDS, uh, which is the UK's version of the digital service, actually preceded the US digital service. Uh, and they have a model for funding IT investment as opposed to estimating the ultimate cost and this allows you to say, well, what would I pay for an initial capability that solved a specific problem? You invest that initial capability and then you allow time to go by, a reasonable but short amount of time to go by and determine do you get a minimum viable product? Is it useful? Is it enhancing the experience of your end users, whether those in end users are internal to the government or external to the government? Either way, you can determine, well, by implementing this MVP, We've saved this amount of time. If we continue to scale this product, we could theoretically understand or realize more savings, in which case we might want to increase our investment. 
Inversely, if that's not happening or user adoption isn't occurring, you could decide not to continue investment or to decrease investment over time. This prevents the government from getting locked into very large contracts with incredibly high ceilings, where at some point they become essentially too big to fail. Number six, or three for tonight, build small, fail small. Use the iterative process and FAR Part 39.1 for modular contracting and iterate, but build and invest in very small MVP basis and then continue to roll contracting timelines and overarching periods of performance as the project continues to scale over time. The idea of building small and failing small means you're not gonna ever over leverage or over commit yourself to a project Again, where it gets too big to fail because you've now sunk hundreds of millions of dollars before you've realized that it's not going to deliver functionality. One of the challenges in government contracting is we tend to think of overarching systems as the entire solution. But oftentimes you can replace layers or capabilities or deliver new functionality that might have otherwise been incorporated into the overarching system in small bite-sized pieces. This would allow you to begin rolling out capabilities and ultimately starting to sunset the legacy technology without doing what I tend to refer to as rip and replace, shutting down the entire legacy system on the day you flip the switch of the new capability. Because if something goes wrong with the new capability, you don't have anything to fall back on. So there you have it. These are principles four, five, and six for the agile principles for digital service. Come back next week and I'll finish out the list with seven, eight, and nine. And until then, cheers.